2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. We take the issues of the day and look at them from a Christian perspective. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. We live in uh, we live in crazy times, crazy times. I got to tell you, it's uh, it's not going to happen. But uh, there's actually some people considering, and apparently uh, Donald Trump is going to Washington D.C. tomorrow to have a conversation with uh, the Republicans about becoming Speaker of the House. Could you imagine that? That's not going to happen. It's just it's just selling uh, you know news clicks and stuff like that. That's, there's no way that's going to happen. But. Could you imagine? He would just be down on the floor of the House every day talking about uh, lawyers and the bad lawyers and the witch hunt and everything. It would make C-SPAN must-see TV. Everybody would be watching that 24-7. That would be crazy. But, you know, the interesting thing, if you're Donald Trump today, is the Biden administration apparently has decided to uh, build the wall. And uh, they're going to actually build at least 20 feet of wall along the Texas border. And it is astounding. And perhaps even more astounding is that there is a whole lot of different language coming from the Department of Homeland Security about it, where they say specifically this is about the migrant crisis that we have and we have to keep people out. And the Biden administration has finally come around to saying, no, no, we just have money allocated for it and we have to build it somewhere. And uh, we are unable to reallocate that money somewhere. It's the craziest thing. Anyway, I think it's worth uh, just a little bit of uh, memory uh, about the, uh, the wall there.
3: Trump campaigned on um, build that wall. Are you willing to tear that wall down?
0: No, I'm, there will not be another foot of wall constructed
1: in my administration. Not another foot, but there is, in fact, going to be uh, at least 20 feet and I think more is what's going to happen. And when you read the things that people are saying, the Department of Homeland Security document says that this is specifically being done because of the migrant crisis to keep people out. Um, That it's an extraordinary thing, especially since the wall not too long ago was not just something that was as a U.S. Representative Henry Quaylar said, he said, quote, a border wall is a 14th century solution to a 21st century problem. It will not bolster border security in Starr County. And he said, I continue to stand against the wasteful spending of taxpayer dollars on an ineffective border wall. He's the guy who was carjacked in Washington, D.C. Uh, earlier this week. And uh, I bet he's changing his mind on on a whole lot of things uh, about that. The president of the Federation for American Immigration Reform who's been totally against it said this after years of denying that a border wall and other physical barriers are effective the DHS announcement represents a sea change in the administration's thinking a secure wall is an effective tool for maintaining controls of our borders having made that concession the administration needs to immediately begin construction of the wall Uh, he's actually for it I think I said he was against it but it is it's an extraordinary thing uh, especially when you consider this was just a couple of years ago.
2: We will not build a wall.
1: Walls don't work.
2: A racist and
4: xenophobic big wall. We spent years investing in a faulty border wall that was never going to uh, be an effective mechanism.
0: There will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration.
4: It would waste taxpayer dollars on an ineffective wall. Again, an ineffective wall that can't even withstand heavy winds.
3: We know that walls don't work, that they don't stop drugs, that they don't stop migration. It's
1: a kind of a wall
4: is an immorality. It's not who we are as a nation.
1: Uh, We do not agree with the building of the wall. And that goes on and on and on and on again and on again. But that last one was Secretary Mayorkas, who put out a memo today that says the Secretary of Homeland Security has determined pursuant to law that it is necessary to waive certain laws, regulations and other legal requirements in order to ensure the expeditious construction of barriers and roads in the vicinity of the international land border in Starr County, Texas. They won't say wall. They'll say barriers and roads. That's what it is. It's the same thing. And, you know, I don't it's not even to be for a wall or against. It's just such a astonishing about face all of a sudden. But the the issue going on is very, very serious. And it's serious because of the realities of what's going on. Here is somebody speaking who is in Texas at the border on the humanitarian crisis that exists.
4: But when you talk with folks who call the Rio Grande Valley home and have been dealing with the flow of migrants, and crossings for years, they have long been frustrated that more hasn't been done.
5: I said it's, it's crazy down here. I mean, we're back to numbers that we were seeing in May. It is catastrophic. It is unreal. And it's a travesty. It's a humanitarian crisis at its best. And we have folks that we are supposed to call leaders. They don't even deserve that title anymore.
1: This is something I think that is another subject that needs to not be partisan issue. Controlling the border. However you do it, whatever it means to control the border. If that means build a wall, then build a wall. If there's if there's some modern way to do it, but it's actually effective, that is fine. But these borders should not be partisan. Every country should be controlling their border. Walls or whatever else they want to use. This is my opinion. Every country should do that. It shouldn't be left or right, that's what you do. There should instead be robust debate about who gets in and why and how many and how often and in what status. I think that is definitely something that, that left and right can and should debate. And it should be robust. What should the policy be? Who gets in and when and how many a year? And what's the policy? And what's the policy on all of these things? Most of that has been decided it's in the law anyway. It's just, a, it's just are you going to enforce the law? But we should not be discussing in practical terms whether or not you're going to control your border. You've got to control the northern border too. It's just, you know, we've had at least one terrorist been caught who came over the border illegally, and he came over the uh, northern border. Remember that guy? He was going to blow up the space needle. He had all the explosives right in his trunk. That's for real. This is a... It's an extraordinary thing that – so that is the – just the policy part. I think that there should be debate on who gets in and why and how many and how often and what's the status. Do they come in? Do they get to be citizens? Or are they here in some green card? Is it a temporary visa? You can have all that discussion. I think that people have reasonable things to say on the spectrum of things left and right. But not controlling the border is chaos. You have a humanitarian crisis. You have people, kids getting trafficked. You have kids who are being brought up. You have the entire system that is happening of people coming up here from the coyotes and people coming up here with hope or people coming up here to do bad things, whatever the reason is, it's because we don't control the border. You know, it's not to excuse what maybe people want to do, but, you know, all of these things, we have to take accountability for our own actions on things. You know, the, the drug problem and the fentanyl, that has a lot to do with the border also, But in the process of that conversation and the conversation that we need to have about how to deal with the cartels and and, uh, the Chinese government making the pills and how they're getting into South America and coming up through the border, a part of that conversation has to be our responsibility in taking the pills. Right. The the drug problem and addiction problems that we have in our country, uh, we own that because if we would just stop doing that, then those cartels would make no money off of us and that problem will go away. So we own part of that. That's got to be. That's got to be part of that discussion. At the same time, you do have to go after the cartels and people who are making those pills and and trying to kill Americans. The same thing applies even with the border. It is completely irresponsible, and it's not compassionate at all. When we're talking about people being trafficked, we're talking about what's happening in the cities. I want you to hear. This is testimony. This is happening in cities across the the country, and uh, these are typically Democrats in blue cities – who are saying, hey, we have all these migrants here, and you're giving them everything, cell phones and money and jobs and hotel rooms and all of that, and we live here. And uh, you're not getting any, we're not getting any of that.
4: We have a hard no for immigrants coming here. A very hard no. We come in a community of black people where we already get the low scraps. And then you want to take the little scraps, the resources that we have, and put us at the bottom of the barrel? That's not fair. And I won't have it. That
1: was just this weekend in Chicago, and it goes on and on in uh, on these cities. Crime out of control in every city in America. I
5: fear for my own safety every moment. You shouldn't have to be teaching stop, drop, and roll on the ground, you know, from yeah, bullets.
3: The world is going crazy. I feel like people just going insane. So at this point, we just got to stay home.
1: So that is uh, how a lot of people feel, and a lot of people feel that across the board. I like to say, and I'll repeat this a lot because I think this is true, and I know some of you think this is too optimistic, and, I, and that's okay that you think that. I think most people agree, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, whatever you are. I think most people could solve these problems. I think, and I'm talking about 80 90%. I think that we agree that borders should be controlled, and that we, we where we disagree, it might be on who gets in, why they get in, how many get in, how often get in and uh, what their status is once they're here. You know, that I think is something where people in the left and right might disagree in a whole lot of way. But I think that we would find a solution. I really do. And I think that what we're seeing with these people who you just heard speaking up is good because they're speaking to their city leaders. They're speaking up about things that they've been putting up with for a long time. And what's something we're seeing in California and we're seeing this on lots of different issues and we're seeing this across the country. This is the optimism that I think we should have is that it's okay to speak out to your leadership and – coming at it from a christian perspective you've got to go deeper you've got to get into the compassion you know of you know for for everybody it's one thing for all of us to sacrifice and i think there's reason to do that but you can't force people into things and you can't you know there is a lot scripturally about favoritism that is wrong and you heard in that clip you know a whole bunch of stuff that the the wall or border policies or all the stuff is racist the problem is with that is that when everything becomes racist then it becomes very difficult to identify and pursue what might actually be racist and needs to be undone i mean there's so there are some things in our country happening in different places where people are being very seriously racially discriminated against there's some scary things happening in different places but we hardly hear about that because we call everything racism if it's racism to uh control the border which it's never been until recently um, then, and uh, that's what I want to know too, is Biden a racist now? Cause he's going to build a wall. Is he, you know, a xenophobe? Is he, uh, whatever word you want to use for all of that, you, this should not be partisan. We're talking about people's lives. We're talking about the reality of South of our border. You have tremendous crime and you have tremendous poverty and I've been there. Many of you have been there or you're from there. We need to do more to deal with that, to help. That should be a big part of our our country and certainly in the church. I think that mission trips and mission groups to uh, Central and South America, Mexico, should increase. You know, I think that that there is tremendous work to do. It's relatively easy to get there, and it's very open to doing a lot of that work. And I think it has uh, a tremendous value, certainly for the gospel which is the primary reason as Christians we do it, but also for helping people, which is what we are called to do, to take care of the people. who There's so much to do here, and yet our policies on so many things just create chaos. And in most of these cases, the laws don't even need to be changed. They just need to be enforced. And then you can talk about it later. What do you think? This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. What's happening in Chicago is people are speaking up to uh, the mayor and the governor. The governor actually sent Biden a letter saying, you better do something about the border. This is uh, unsustainable. And uh, uh, the... uh, uh, Kareem Jean-Pierre, his spokesperson, was asked about this.
5: The governor of Illinois has written to President Biden to say the federal government's lack of intervention and coordination at the border has created an untenable situation for Illinois. Does anybody outside of the White House think the immigration policy is working.
1: See, that's a great question from Governor Pritzker. a Democrat who's writing a Democrat president saying "Does anybody, you know, do you realize the problem? This is unsustainable. Governor of uh, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams has been saying that this is something that the reason they're saying it because it is a real crisis, but they're also hearing from their citizens. You, know, This is something I encourage people to do. You, you got to be kind and you got to be with decorum and don't get violent and out of control. But you've got to speak out You, there. And, and in doing so, I mean, some of the things we heard are I don't like it when it's anti-immigrant person, right, that I if I live down there, I've been to some communities where if I had an opportunity to come to the United States and sneak over with my family, you know what, I'd probably try that. And I think most of you would. It's still illegal, but it would be much better if it was legal and there was a legal path and there was an actual system for me to follow. to do. And that system exists, but if I can just bypass it, uh, that doesn't work. You know, I can see why people do that, but it's not compassionate the way we do it so often. And it creates actual problems for our cities and it certainly creates uh, political problems. 888-528-528. 25578885282557 Victoria in Pasadena. Welcome to the Pastor Scott show.
4: Hi, thanks for taking my call. Hi. So, first I just want to say laugh all you want to about the possibility of what Donald Trump might do as Speaker of the House, <laughs> but make no mistake about it, a lot of things would get done that haven't been gotten done and he would definitely have single subject debates. There'd be robust debates on single subject and get rid of all these multi-subject bills that you you pass something, but then you have to link it to something else so that they can get in the things, sneak in the things that they really want to spend more of our money. So I feel like, you know, yeah, I don't think he's really going to take anybody up on the job, but if he did, I feel that he would do an excellent job. It would be
1: whatever you think of Donald Trump, it would be, it would be something we've never seen. Yeah. Yeah, means. one way or the other. <laughs>
4: I think it would be working – I think it would be working uh, in order. It would be – our house would be in order and actually getting things done for a change. That's what I think. You I know, know he talks a lot about his personal stuff when he's on the air and people you know, asking questions. But I don't think he would take advantage of his position if he were in that position. I think he would actually want to get things done for the country. Number two on the border, yeah. I don't know if any of your listeners are are paying attention to what's really happening. But so much of this has already been documented for years. Todd Benzman is one person who's been down there for years. He's written a book called Overrun. He's down there on a regular basis. Michael Yon is down there. Right. On a regular these things basis.
1: are not new. They're just worse.
4: That's what I mean. And um, Ben Bergquam and Oscar Blue, these people are on the border every day. So if anybody wants to tune into their shows, they can actually see live what's happening. This whole thing has been by design. And if you see the camps that have been built by both our government and the Chinese government that they are filming as they as they report this live, you will see what's really happening. It is not just a happenstance. And when you ask these people why they're coming, you know, they're coming because the border's open and they've been instructed with maps and everything. Their oh, yeah. Camp- So, and it's also a human trafficking problem. The person that you were um, playing a a tidbit from somebody in Chicago, I feel for them because they are getting the bottom of the barrel and they should not get the, you know, illegal immigrants should not be getting resources that, you know, black people need in those communities that they have been scraping for getting their resources all these years I mean it's been a long time coming and she's right but there are people uh, oh, that are do, doing human trafficking sex trafficking with kids okay it's really really bad so yes
1: we've had, had that, uh, we've had that we've had that discussion here uh, because right in Pomona that is where a lot of the kids have been trafficked at a federal facility well, what happens is, is that the kids come over. There's no one, no place to put them. So people volunteer as foster parents, essentially, to take these kids. The government says okay, but the people who are fostering them are the traffickers, and we're exactly. we're literally putting. Movie, and this is not movie. this is not a uh, conspiracy theory, everybody. No. It's for real. It's been testified and to at Congress and everywhere else.
4: Street. If you saw the movie The Sound of Freedom that was recently out with Jim Caviezel in it, yeah. that movie is true, is a true story, and it's that's one of a gazillion stories that are as horrific or even more horrific than that. Yeah, so it's just are. like I really feel like we all have to t- pay attention and get involved in some local way because if we the people don't start taking responsibility for our country, we are not going to have a constitutional republic as we know it today because our government has already been Derelict, is as far as I'm concerned. And, yeah, Victoria, you know,
1: you can... I got to go on to some other calls, but I appreciate your call on that. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 528 eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Biden administration is going to build part of a wall. There's some nuance. I'll get to it. They have a the the uh, the White House put out a completely different reason for building this portion of the wall than his own uh, Department of Homeland Security. However, he is hearing from uh, even uh, blue cities, Democrat-run cities, on this has to be done. And the, the thing is, is in the big picture that if if we destroy our cities, if we destroy our capability of helping people in general as a country, then no matter what you think as far as what we should be doing for people who are in this kind of poverty, if we're unable to do it, if we become a country where it doesn't have an immigration problem because nobody wants to come here, that that's a terrible thing for everybody including people who are in poverty. I am all about – helping people who are uh, in severe poverty around the world. I think everybody who's a—everybody, anybody, but certainly Christians uh, should be going to missionary trips, even short-term, just to see it, just to experience what's happening, Um, and to realize there's a lot that we can do. But it's not compassionate to just throw the doors open. It's not compassionate to overrun cities or to create more and more homelessness or to empower the cartels in this country there's there are so many things that if you want to be compassionate which we have to be you have to be compassionate in a way that is serious and we we've just got to become a serious country on all this stuff and I'm afraid that we're not uh Wendy in Orange County welcome to the Pastor Scott show Hey Pastor
3: Scott how are you
1: today I'm good Wendy how are you I'm
3: just fine Um, I don't know if I can even make a point now after listening to what your last caller said. I wasn't aware of these camps being built um, on purpose and and these other things. Um, The thing that I was going to say prior to hearing her call was that it seems that, you know, we do send a lot of aid and a lot of help to a lot of impoverished countries. Mm -hmm. And I really find it amazing that... Mexico, Central America, South is right on our border. Like we're our countries are connected. We're all north, part of North America, and having this so close to us, you would think they would be the first people that we would be helping, and it would have happened centuries ago. To where they wouldn't be trying to escape that country because of all of the bad things that happened there, because our country seems to be so wanting to to help so many other countries
1: I just don't understand why we've never helped them yeah well there's so a lot I of reason there's a lot of reason and there's a lot of things that are in the history of many of these countries um, which by if you're a history lover you know read the history of these countries there's great history there's great stories and great history of uh, these countries but the the difficulties that are happening now the um, what's what's happening with the cartels what's happening with the the socialist agenda that we had a while ago with the Venezuela thing and other it it damaged these countries uh, so badly that what we're experiencing now and I think it's going to get worse unless we do something is a mass migration of people because these governments could fall I mean there's there's so many problems it's significant but if we don't have our act together we're not even in a position to help you know and that's kind of the thing Wendy thanks for co- i got to go to a break, Wendy. I'm late on the break. I appreciate your call. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can join the conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned.
2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at scott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now. Back to the show.
5: If you have to build a border wall, but you don't think that it's going to work, then once it's done, are you just going to tear it down?
4: I'm not getting into hypotheticals from here. I'm just telling you what I can tell you from here. The facts are that DHS is complying with the law. This is from fiscal year, this was under fiscal year 2019 under Republican uh, leadership, and DHS is required to do this. The president asked multiple times of Congress to reappropriate. They did not, and we're not complying by the law. Thanks, everybody.
1: That was karine Jean-Pierre responding to uh, the questions that the Biden administration announced today from Department of Homeland Security that they're building a wall. The Homeland Security Department said that they're building a wall because, quote, uh, it is uh, required because of the number of people coming over the border, that they said that it is Im- important to do this because of – here's what it says um, – that the area under the United States Border Patrol Rio Grande Valley sector is an area of high illegal entry. And as of August 2023, Border Patrol has encountered over 245,000 such entrants attempting to enter the United States between ports of entry in the Rio Grande Valley. And you can go on. And he says, therefore, I must use my authority under Section 102 to install additional physical barriers and roads in the Rio Valley sector. See, the Department of Homeland Security says they're building a wall to – uh, keep migrants from coming over at such big numbers. The president, though, has come off with a, a different uh, idea here.
0: I one question on the border wall. The border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriated. I can't
1: stop that. So what the administration is saying is we have to build this part of the wall because money was appropriated in 2019. And uh, you might know how that goes in some of your businesses. You know, if it's appropriated, you got to spend it. But then he says, I tried to get Congress to do something and to change the appropriation to spend it elsewhere, and they wouldn't do it. But he had two years of a Democrat Congress to do that. He could have done it. Uh, I think that – and it's also not what Department of Homeland Security says. I think what's happened is you've got Governor Pritzker and you've got the mayor and governor of New York saying openly we've got to do something about this and i think privately what they're saying is if you would like to win the state of illinois and if you'd like to win the state of new york you you better think about doing something in these issues i think that's what actually is being said many citizens in these cities and uh, mostly democrats are standing up saying this has to change this has to be different we're talking about this and and you know one of the things i just want to say here too is just from a a a civic standpoint this is in the realm of something a president can do. Sometimes presidents are blamed for or given credit for things that they really don't have a lot of control over or they share that responsibility with the Congress, or maybe it's just very local, local control. But in this case, the border is right there in the executive branch. Did you know, according to AP Associated Press, that the Biden administration, in order to build this wall, waived 26 federal laws in South Texas, all the environmental laws, all the things about protecting species, all the different environmental things that normally you've got to do to uh, build something, they waived all of it. And uh, you know why they do that? Because they're the executive branch and they can. It is completely within the realm of the president of the United States doing something about this this problem. And the president needs to enforce the laws. That's actually his job. And the executive branch's job is to enforce the laws and that's what they need to do. Just a little civics lesson there, you know, on what kinds of things a president can do and what kinds of things they can't. This is something they can do. 888-528-2557. Craig in Universal, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
5: Yeah, you know, it, I think he's going to spin it that he's not really building 20 feet of more wall. He's re, he's replacing all the wall that he already tore down.
1: Yeah, he's, <laughs> he, there's a, he it's serious, an interesting he's spin he's because he's obviously...
5: Well uh, holes he cut it in the other side of the other end of the wall.
1: He's obviously uh, getting which, hit politically pretty hard, and so that spin. But the the thing that's maybe a little extra disturbing is that the White House said they didn't know about the memo from Department of Homeland Security. The Department of Homeland Security memo is definitely about uh, responding to the increase in people coming over the border, not just spending it because they feel like they have to get it off the books.
5: I just wanted to say one other thing. I think we should nominate the lady who ran for governor in Arizona, Lori Lake, I believe her name is, to be the Speaker of the House. I think she'd be (laughs) a firebrand. I think she would be great at fundraising. And I think uh, if she was in that position, uh, we'd have our budget coming up this uh, next two months from now.
1: And Carrie Lake is her name. Uh, She's she's going to run for Senate out there. Uh, Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. You know, I don't know... It's a funny thing that anybody can be Speaker of the House. So it won't be – I really doubt that they're going to have someone from the outside. I don't think they've ever done that. But it they could pick somebody. But they have to agree. That's one of the issues that I think people – from another civic standpoint, there's only five more Republicans than Democrats in the House. And you've got to pick somebody that at least all but four of the Republicans are going to vote for or that person can't win. And that's why there's some jeopardy and all that of uh, four Republicans – in uh, maybe the Democrats are going to have the Speaker of the House. It could be Hakeem Jeffries, who's the uh, minority leader now. It's, it would take five Republicans and all the Democrats. That's it. Only five Republicans could make that happen. If they just say, you know what, we're sick of this. And it could be Nancy Pelosi again. She could get she could be the Speaker of the House once again, even though it's a Republican House. And then she would have the agenda. That's that's an it's an incredible thing. You know, there's probably another reality that a month from now we're not even going to be talking about it. They'll pick somebody, and it'll just move on. But uh, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, I think, to get into with our, our our system here. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. Rick in San Diego, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
5: How are you doing, Scott? I'm good, Rick. Uh, so I, uh, my, my, I'm a businessman, and my biggest worry uh, is that I do not—I've been able to— I, I, I'm, Pretty successful, and I've been able to. Part of the success has come from the fact that I've been able to predict how the markets trend and stuff like that, and you know where to you know keep money and where to take it out, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the the majority, you know, ninety nine percent of people coming over here, it's economic migrants. That's right. You know, they're yeah. So so the thing is, is that. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on that uh, the average person isn't aware of that I see uh, that my life touches, you know, because so like, for, for example, uh, there's a there's a ton of slavery that that goes on in the United States. So in California, there's a lot of it.
1: And, what do you mean uh, by slavery? You mean like uh, people who are are not because they're not citizens, they're being uh, very underpaid on the farms and other places?
5: so you know because because where they come from is so bad
1: mm-hmm. that they,
5: they would rather be here with nothing you know in terms of compensation uh than than be, be in their country of origin
1: Yeah I've been some places it's that really- are pretty bad and I can imagine being here would be a little better even if it was bad here
5: Yeah yeah well I was just in Nepal not that long ago and uh just a, a few months ago and um I saw a guy, you know, wearing like a diaper and he's he's you know, probably was 70 in his 70s and he's pushing around a cart, you know, with a a flat full of banana, bananas and that was his life. You know, yeah. his life was to And that's actually more you know? common
1: so, in the in the world. We forget that the wealth that we have in this country, which is the result of our freedom that we've been able to maintain so far, is we're actually the oddballs in the world that actually we're the ones who are estranged to the rest of the world, as far as what we have and how we live.
5: Well, I'll tell you what's economically different from the United States than anywhere else in the world is that you can lose everything in the U.S. and then restart your life again. Yeah, you can't do that.
1: Yeah, you in can't in
5: Europe. Yeah, and so it's just uh, yeah, it's we're lucky to live here, and uh, I mean, there's people that are just seem to be. Uh, you know, bent on destroying the, the great mechanism that, that has made it possible for us to have the life that we have. Yeah. So, anyhow.
1: Rick, I appreciate your comments on that. And, you know, you're, you're right to also talk about this issue as something that's very complicated. We, and and from a Christian perspective, we can't just say, there's like two sides to this, right? There's one side, That you might say is maybe on the the left side that says, you know what, we need to be about all of these people, let everybody in and we need to take we need to find a way to take care of all of them. And we need to be compassionate. We need to we need to be aware of the suffering that's going on in the world and we need to meet that suffering. We need to do something. And I get that. The but the problem is is if you are eliminating the ability to help that suffering which is where we're headed, then you're not going to be able to. It's the same principle, ultimately, of do you put the mask on yourself in the airplane first before you put it on your kid, right? Well, you put it on yourself first so that you can breathe enough to put it on your kid who can't do that for himself. There's a place where that becomes relevant. You know, on the right, the problem often is we just need to cut off the border and that's it, and then not care about what happens uh, to all of these people. And we can't do that either. Uh, One of the, the things that leads to the failure of a nation is when we fail as as people, not just as governments. In fact, some would say that the government shouldn't be one side or the other. It, the government's job is to provide the border, and then the people's job is to take care for people, to take care of people. That's another debate. But uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, wrote this. He said, we must learn to regard people less in the light of what they do or omit to do, and more in the light of what they suffer. That Part of compassion is to get into why there is suffering, to be serious about it. Not just that they're suffering, but what they're suffering from. Why is this happening? Why are 180 – people from 186 countries have come over our border recently. That's more than Mexico and Central and South America. That's most of the countries in the world are finding ways to get into the United States right now. Uh, That is – If you were going to understand this issue, we need to understand why that's happening, how that's happening, and realize that not every person on the planet can live here. There needs to be something more done to help uh, alleviate this kind of suffering. And we can't if we're just in chaos ourselves. And, you know, people often say, well, why should we do it anyway? Why the United States? And I get that question. It's a good question. It's a reasonable question. But then I think the next step is, well, who else? You know, if we want to make America great again, if we want to be the leaders of the world, if we want to be a people that is leading the world because of freedom and what freedom brings, then we also have to be strong. That's just uh, that's just how it is. We got to be strong, not just in the matter of laws, but we need to be a strong people morally, too. We need to have a an understanding of what is right and what is wrong, what is truly right and truly wrong not just competing philosophies and say to each his own, there are certain things that are true and certain things that are not true. And those things have to be identified and we have to hold to the reality that that presents. I got to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. 888 2557 We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned.
2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show.
1: And it also should be controversial for parents to know what their children are being taught in school about relationships. Patients should know when hospitals are talking about men or women. And we shouldn't get bullied. And we shouldn't get bullied into believing that people can be any sex they want to be. They can't. A man is a man, and a woman is a woman. That's just common sense. That is British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, and uh, talking about common sense, men are men, women are women, and to rousing applause. Can you believe we live in a world where that statement gets rousing applause because somehow it's controversial? And somehow it needs to be agreed with. And we live in a world where our president won't say that. And a lot of people won't. You know, I, I bring that up partly because there is there is something about living in reality that eventually is going to win. And it helps when people stand up and speak the truth. And the, the argument about men and women, that's global. That's something that's happening in, in around the world. They're dealing with it, obviously, in uh, Europe the same way. Parental rights, the same question you know, and patients' rights. He's talking about that. There was a story in USA Today a couple of years ago of a a trans man, so it's a woman, who goes into the hospital with stomach pains, but the hospital treats this person like they're a biological man when they're not, and they don't do a pregnancy test. And it turned out that she was actually pregnant, but because the hospital was following uh, whatever rules are about, well, This person identifies as a man, so we'll treat them as a man. I mean, they're not going to find a prostate. It's just so, and this person nearly died because of the pregnancy and the complications that were going on there. But the hospital, this is in Texas. This is in the United States. It's crazy. And that doesn't mean you don't be compassionate to somebody who is having gender dysphoria or whatever they're going through. You walk with them, but you don't lie to them. And you don't make it up. Same thing I think is happening here with the border is that the border issues that have been going on for decades. It's going to get it's getting very real. And that's why I think Biden is building the wall, because it's and I don't know how much he's going to build. He's building 20 miles or something. That's not really that much. But is it 20 miles now? And then he's going to do 20 miles later. And I think there's the the political angle is he's going to lose the reelections if uh, next year, if uh, this is still the same issue back uh, a year from now as it is, as it is today. Uh, there's no way he'll lose to anybody. Uh, Donald Trump in a jail cell is going to beat Biden uh, if these issues of crime and all of this is the same a year from now. I think that that's what he's hearing from Democratic leaders in Illinois and New York and other places. But at the end of the day, the reason that that I think he's hearing is because of citizens who are standing up, And citizens who mostly agree with these things, we might disagree with, you know, some of the rules that ought to be there for immigration, for example, of when and how many and who and what time and what are the qualifications and what's the status of somebody once they're in the country and what kinds of visas ought there be. You know, that's all fine and great for left and right to debate. And if it's a if it's a real debate, we'll come to a better conclusion, actually. But you have to close the borders or control the borders. You've got to do that. Both borders. It's just every country has to do that. You know, compassion, we've been talking about that. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, if you want to join the conversation. The word compassion is throughout the Bible describing God. And the way it works is it comes from a word that essentially means to to walk with or to suffer with, you know, that you come along with somebody in their troubles, that you come alongside somebody in their troubles. That's what God does for us. You know, he didn't abandon us in our sin. He sent us a savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus didn't come and just tell us that everything's all right. He didn't just come down and say, hey, you know what, everybody's fine and everybody's forgiven and everybody can come up to the big house. Instead, Jesus had to come and live the perfect life that we weren't able to live and die and, and suffer and die because sin is that bad, and somebody who could afford to pay the penalty of justice that's required by it had to do that, and only he could do that. It's really important to realize that while Jesus walked with us, and while he's compassionate, and he is that way with you now, and that the, the Lord walks with each one of us, he's not going to lie to us, and he's not going to tell us that our sin is okay. I've had four different people in my pastor career, four tell me that God has somehow blessed their extramarital affair, that they prayed about it and God said it was okay. I had a couple in my office one time say, I'd like us to pray together because we want to know if God is okay with this affair that we're having. And I said, we're not going to pray about that. (laughs) He said, we're not. I said, no, I don't have to pray about that. There's nothing I need to pray about that. He's not okay with it. Uh, We have to realize that there is right and wrong. There is truth. There are things that work and things that don't work. And there's nuance to all of that stuff too, to where people are coming from and what people are dealing with. And you know, poverty is extremely complex, actually. And that's true with local poverty. It's true with homeless people. It's true with migrants. It's true with people in other countries, wherever you're at. There's, there's a lot of things that are built into it. And you've got to have compassion to walk through it. But at the end of the day, you're not compassionate if you're not a truth teller. You're not compassionate if you can't walk with somebody and lead them into the light, into truth. That's something that we are called to do on all of these issues that get us riled up, and that we get riled up because, you know, I think it's because we know something's wrong. Everybody knows this is crazy, what we're doing, how we're living in these times. Um, but there is a way out. There is a way through. And true compassionate compassion is not just saying it. It's actually walking along. Yolanda writes uh, to the Pastor Scott at KKLA.com. She said, you know, one of the things that is important for us to do you know we we do spend time and it's good to uh sponsor uh africans and holocaust victims and uh we do a lot of that with our our missions that we even do here on the station and the way that the economy of god works is that you know a hundred bucks here is it doesn't cover very much but a hundred dollars in in uganda or a hundred dollars in some other nations of the world goes a long way you literally are rescuing kids with that money it's amazing that God does that. And uh, she is a first-generation American, and uh, her parents were Mexican, she says, and came over uh, the border um, legally and did all that. And she is encouraged to that we should do more missions even right here in this hemisphere, Mexico, Guatemala, El Salvador. I encourage that too, because you know whatever's happening, if you want to do something about it, if you're saying right now, I want to do something, well, part of it is go help because as we help people, as we deal with water projects and we deal with the poverty and we deal with the microloans, and there are so many great things happening in the modern world missionally and sharing the gospel, communities are, there are lots of communities that are not leaving their countries because things are functioning and everybody loves their country and nobody wants to leave. Yeah, it's still better here, but it can be better there. That's something that we can do when we are compassionate when we go and walk with people wherever they are, and we suffer with them. We don't decide that their suffering isn't real or that they're suffering. We put it or put it in some category that's not true. It's got to be true. It's got to be real, but you can make a difference. Uh, let me get one call here real quick. Uh, Astrick in LA, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Hi my name
4: is Asterique. Asterique. Uh, you remember me? Uh, I do. I had before, yeah, it uh, got truly appears in tornado as a U.S. citizen. And I am praying and standing in a God we trust, the, all of us. We so what should we do? Pray. We just have.
1: I just have a couple seconds before I have to go. So what should we do, Asterique?
4: Yeah, uh, we have to, all of us, we pray because we are all confused. We don't know what is right, what is wrong. For that reason, we need to bring Jesus Christ the Lord. We pray to become on earth and make a new heaven, and we all be happy.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Astrid. I'm almost out of time, so i got to let you go. I appreciate that, but your point is right, that we need to pray. And I'll tell you what, when you pray, even about complicated issues and the complexities of poverty and all of these things, God sorts things out in such a way that you do find a way where you can help. Or you can do something for somebody that you know or somebody that you can go meet or just somebody far away, there's a way to help. This is the Pastor Scott Show. If you miss an hour of our show, you can get the podcast by searching for the Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your podcast. Click subscribe and follow us there, and you can follow us right now on social media. Follow me at Pastor Scott Show, Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tomorrow we'll be with you, open line Friday. Anything you want to talk about tomorrow from three to five, God bless you. This is Scott Furrow, Pastor Scott Show. Good night.